radio. Why do we come to Mass? Why do we receive Holy Communion? Why are we supposed to come? We're obliged to come every Sunday. Um, if we don't, it's a serious sin. And why does the priest offer Mass every day and some people go every day? What's it about? Now, there are so many layers of meaning, but today's readings seem to point to one of them. And we'll look at just that one for now. Back when I was a boy in primary school, I read a book and there were some Iroquois Indians, I think they were, and these young men were so close that they wanted to form a bond between themselves. And so they decided to become blood brothers. And in a ceremony, they cut their hands and bound them together and made a pact to become blood brothers. They made a covenant of blood brothership. Now, I was so inspired by this, I thought, I want to do the same. So I went out, and thankfully, none of my mates were stupid enough to do that. <laughs> and just for the record, kids, don't try this at home. Okay? Not only is it stupid physically, it also potentially has other spiritual ramifications too, which I might get to later. But this idea of this importance of blood and the connection that it brings, it's, it's inherent in us. And the idea of offering blood sacrifice is also there. Right from old times, you'd, people even went to the um, effects of having human sacrifice or animal sacrifice, pouring out the blood, pouring out the symbol of life as um, a thanks to God for the gift of all creation, or ratifying a covenant. And that's what we see in today's first reading. God has made the third and the most important covenant of the Old Testament, one that lasts right at the time of Jesus, the Mosaic covenant named after Moses. He has said, I will be your God if you will be my people. And the people say, we accept your laws, your ordinances, we will be your people and you will be our God. And to ratify the covenant, they take the animals, they slaughter the animals and they pour out its blood. Moses takes some of the blood and pours it on the altar with 12 stones. And the rest he takes in basins and he sprinkles upon the people, ratifying the covenant between them and God. So you can be very thankful you didn't live in Old Testament times, right? Then after this, the Jews would celebrate this feast every year. The greatest Jewish feast, the Feast of the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Now, every year at Yom Kippur, they would renew this covenant. Before the temple was built by Solomon, they had the tabernacle, the tent that went with them through the desert. And in the holiest part, was the Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God was there. And in the temple, that was called the Holy of Holies. And separating the Holy and Holies from the rest of the temple was a great veil, which went from top to bottom, covering that whole temple. And only once per year, one person went through that veil into the Holy of Holies. And that was the high priest on the Feast of Yom Kippur. The high priest who would go in, he would bring in a goat and a lamb. Now the goat, he would pray over, holding his hands, and he would cast the sins of Israel on this goat. And then they would take the goat and lead him out of the city into the wilderness 
and all of Israel's sins would be thrown upon that goat out of the city, and the wilderness in the goat would die out in the wilderness. The lamb, he would get the lamb and slaughter the lamb, and the blood of the lamb would sprinkle some of the blood on the altar with twelve stones, and the rest would bring in basins. He would come out of the temple, and all the people who had gathered for the feast would be around, and he would say, "It is done." It is finished. And he would sprinkle them with the rest of the blood. Now, the book of Hebrews, our second reading for today, was written in the 60s AD. It's about 30 years after Jesus Christ. The whole point of the book of Hebrews is to say that this whole priesthood of the Old Testament, the whole temple sacrifice and temple ritual of worship of God, has been fulfilled and replaced by Jesus Christ. Because he is the new temple. Did he not say that this temple would be destroyed? Or destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up? But he was speaking of the temple that was his own body. And he rose that up on the third day. And in the year 70 AD... The Jerusalem temple was destroyed completely by the Romans and has never been rebuilt because we already have a temple. The meeting place, the place of worship of God is there in the body of Jesus Christ. He is the temple. He is also the high priest. The high priest would enter the Holy of Holies. What does Hebrews say? He has once and for all entered into the temple, that sanctuary not made by human hands, Which sanctuary? Not the Holy of Holies of the temple, past the veil, but heaven itself. He entered into heaven. And when he died, what happened? The veil in the temple of Jerusalem was torn from top to bottom. Because no one was going to need to enter that Holy of Holies anymore. And our access into the Holy of Holies has now been guaranteed by this high priest. And what did Jesus say just before he died? His last words... It is finished. He is the high priest. He is the temple. He's also the goat. Who is it who takes away the sins of Israel? No, of the world. He is the scapegoat. And that's where the term comes from. From the Old Testament goat. They took him to kill him. Not in the city. They took him outside the city. Casting the sins upon this man. He is our scapegoat who takes away the sins of the world. He is the temple, he is the high priest, he is the goat, and he is the lamb. While the high priest of the Old Testament would offer a sacrifice other than themselves, because they couldn't offer their own bodies and still be around to offer it, Jesus Christ, this man who is also God, was himself the lamb that he offered. He poured out his blood in a blood-brother relationship, covenant with us. He has ratified this covenant. He wanted to be blood-brothers with us. And he didn't just cut his hand for this pact. He cut both his hands, both his feet. He poured out blood from every pore of his body in the Garden of Gethsemane. His flesh was torn to allow every ounce 
to ooze from his sacred body. His skull was pierced with the thorns. And after he died, his heart was opened with the lance and out flowed blood and water. He desires to be our blood brother so much that he didn't spare a drop of his blood. He has ratified the covenant between us and God. The Mosaic covenant is finished. This covenant lasts forever. And that, as we say, is why we don't make blood brother pacts with each other. Because we are already brothers and sisters. We are blood brothers and sisters by the blood of Jesus Christ, which binds us to God and us to each other. We're God's blood relatives and we're blood relatives with each other. How do we how do we respond? How do you receive this? The gospel today, Jesus Christ said, This is my body. This is my blood. Do this in memory of me. The blood of the new and eternal covenant. When we come to Mass, this is what we are doing. We are renewing our blood covenant relationship with God. How do we respond? We turn up in body, yes, that's great, but also in mind, also in heart. We throw ourselves on that altar as Jesus Christ threw himself on the altar of the cross. When the priest takes the offering and offers that offering, we offer our whole week, the good, the bad, the ugly. We offer our own body, our own blood, where the priest says, this is my body, my blood. And we give back to Jesus what he has given to us. And we allow him to pour that precious blood over us. And we become blood relatives with God. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.